You have officially been cleared for communication with the Is It Safe Podcast. Your contact's code names are Luke. They did a massive test, thousands and thousands of workers. They did a four-day work week and realized that, uh, yeah, our entire fucking system of labor is completely arbitrary. Mike. You can fly here. That's what it takes. You cannot go through the land borders. But for some reason, you could fly in a tube full of people and come over here. What the fuck? And Scott. Oh, dude, I've spent the last two years of my life, like, ripping whiskey and chicken sandwiches and waking up whenever the fuck I want to. Now I got to get <laughs> up on Monday Monday morning at 6.45. Happy New Year. Welcome into the... S- what podcast is this? Is it safe? That's right. Is it's it the safe s- podcast. I was about to say Cinema 9 accidentally. I have a lot of podcasts. Bitch. I actually need to downsize this year. It's one of my goals is to really kind of consolidate everything. And I need to oh, make no. some tough decisions because it's already uh, January 5th and clock is ticking. But uh, we're here. It's a new year. So welcome in. Luke and John are here and we're back. We're still doing this thing. We're hoping it'll be a, our best year yet. I don't know. Uh, maybe this thing will completely fade out by March. I have no idea. But either Dear way, I'm, uh, it's a privilege to be here. John, you're going to be 40 this year. How do you feel about that? uh ambivalent i don't i mean whatever it is what it is it's a doozy (laughs) (laughs) it is a doozy i'll say that whatever motherfucker (laughs) that's fair whatever motherfucker uh yeah luke went to colorado he had a nice trip to the rockies i used to live out there so uh, i always am fond of colorado it's a beautiful place it really is there's no reason not to live there i don't know why i ever left but hey, you know, shit happens. Money? Yeah, that's, it's where, expensive. I, that's where I want to live. It's super fucking expensive. No, no, it's always yes, doable. Yes. Just like anything else, there's always a place to find. But <laughs> there, there is always a place to find. Where we stayed in our Airbnb was, it was right on the edge of town on the other side of the tracks. So we were in, the house we were in is great. But I imagine, yeah, you know, imagine that the houses nearby, those would be plenty affordable. You don't have to live in Boulder, you know. Yeah, you don't. Have oh to fuck live in no! Boulder. Yeah, Boulder's outrageously expensive. That's stupid as fuck. Is Boulder more expensive than Denver? Some parts, yeah, absolutely. Depends. Like, you well, can live in Lakewood. You can live in Lakewood, which is West Denver, outside of Denver. It's very cheap, you very could, reasonable. You could live in Durango. That seemed kind of ratty and nice. I almost took a job there. I really did. I was hey. this fucking close in twenty. 20- 12 before i took a job at my first jewish high school as a teacher and i had the interview online we skyped and everything and they were really trying to sell me on it and i thought it'd be cool i really wonder where my life would have gone if i had taken it it was in the middle of nowhere it was a very very low-key job it, it didn't pay dick which is the main reason i did not end up taking it but i was <laughs> what, this close what kind of job was it it was just a middle school social studies job i think oh actual an actual teaching job yeah I was, I was a you teacher. Know, I was you know, my brother, my brother lives in Lakewood. Oh, he does live in Lakewood. Yeah. And I didn't was, know that. He was watching the Lord of the Rings when we got there basically the entire week. And so I couldn't stop thinking Merkwood. I kept calling it Merkwood Forest. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's for the- I didn't know he lives in Lakewood. That's funny because I lived uh, 
just south of him down in Morrison near Bear Creek, actually, over there. So. Oh, well, okay. Which is where he, yeah. Where he coached baseball, yeah. Right. I got that my, is oh, fucking I, crazy. Small world. It's a beautiful place. I miss Colorado. The only reason I left is because of a girl who's so stupid. So, But, hey, I'm not the first human being to make that mistake. Nope, you're not. Well, it, that girl brought you to the right girl, apparently. So, yeah. made the right choice. I, I guess. I, I don't know. If you, had, if you had done that, you might have, you know, might not have done the other thing. Yeah. Well, at any rate, uh, it's exciting here. It's a new year. We're happy. Uh, by the way, isn't that a Springsteen album or a song? Darkness on the Edge of Town? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 78, right? baby. It's the boss. Who recently just sure. sold his catalog for what, like $550 million? Pretty big payday That's... for the boss. Kind of wow. why I mentioned it. My God. Well, I mentioned it because this David Bowie, David Bowie's catalog only sold for two hundred fifty million. Now, why is Bowie's catalog worth half that of Springsteen? Dude, why are I, I NFTs worth seventy million dollars? Same fucking oh, difference. And why is my Ethereum crashing? Fuck. Yeah, yeah, we're we're never gonna get back to the price. Or, or I'm fuck. stuck. Or I've been stuck here for. We're not giving up, though. We said this before. We're not going to give we in. Said. We're not going to get iced out by these fucking rodents. Because crypt- <laughs> crypto is basically Radio Shack. So, good while lasted. Well, Radio Shack. Radio Shack was very useful. Well it's still around, you know, just in small, smaller doses. Well, they're trying to ice us out, like Scott said before. And right now, the price just won't go back up to where I had it at. So I'm just going to keep waiting. I still have money left. I'm hanging on. So I just have to wait it out until I have nothing left. I have to be absolutely forced to sell. <laughs> if, you tr- if you treat it like the actual stock market, you got to hang in there. And he stood there like the house by the side of the road and watched it go by. Struck him off. <laughs> you got to hang in there in your barca lounger while uh, the people that actually have money just fucking fuck you over and and take control of the whole system. Yeah, that's true. But uh, well, seriously, yeah. though, Bowie versus Springsteen, it should not be 250 to 500. I mean, it should yeah, not be ridiculous. half of Springsteen. No, They're both, it should be double Springsteen. At least the same. They have should, a massive amount of catalogs. Bare minimum, yeah, it should be the same, but it should be double should be fucking Springsteen. Give me a break. I'm just wondering why that would be. I, Bowie has some of the most psychotic fans of all time, so I don't get it. I know Springsteen has – they both have very psycho fans, and I say that meaning that they're just too wrapped up in their – you know, the cult of their personalities, I suppose. Well, wait a minute. So when the catalog sells, who does it sell to? Who bought it? How does that work? Some asshole or some company. I don't know. It could be any was it entity. A, a private Warner acquisition, Bro- or was it the Warner Brothers. A licensing and rights thing? Yeah, it was Warner like a Brothers. licensing okay. and rights. Yeah, Warner Brothers. Uh, let me double check, but I think Warner. I mean, Brothers well, first of all, Bo- yeah. Bowie's no longer around, so they can't benefit off of that. David um, Bowie's extensive music catalog, including more than four hundred songs, sells to Warner Music. So it's been sold to Warner, which is a massive conglomerate. Bowie or Springsteen? Bowie. 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 Well, he died no longer- uh, he- while I was in rehab six years ago this month. I remember we were watching. Look what you did. Uh, (laughs) Rehab was fun because we just watched music videos every morning. It was I really got back into like the eighties, nineties. We had no other entertainment, nothing else musically. So we would watch music videos on VH1 or some bullshit 
every morning and that's all he had. And when it's all you have, you really appreciate it. It was fun. <laughs> I remember it very uh, fondly. That is so fetched. To, to finish my point about that very quickly, you know, you've got Springsteen as a podcast with Obama. He's got uh, fucking terrible TV commercials. Uh, so he's marketable in, in a live environment. That's that's why. He's not, it was, uh, by any measure, a better musician or anything. Sony music. I, but I personally, I, I will come, I personally hate Springsteen, so. It was Sony? Yeah, Sony Music Group was the one that bought Springsteen. You don't strike me as a Springsteen hater, Luke. No, no, I, you you would think I would like him, but I don't like him for the reasons you think I would like him. You know, the music. We all know Luke's music taste. It's too dead for him. Yes. Even if the message he agrees with, and he probably enjoys the fact that the boss is a workman, you know, worker, was, hero. Was. Yeah, no, he well, was. Well, no, he he was always rich, though. So I mean, <laughs> yeah, but that's the whole thing. He that was the that was what he put out there in like the early '80s. All right, fine. I guess I w- would probably be more amenable to liking his music back in the early '80s. Yeah, he was rich by born in the USA '84. He's, just, he's oh, yeah. just a he's a fucking he's just a fucking liar. And like the thing is, it makes it easy. For him to uh, still hold on to his working class bona fides because the fucking shit, because the shit has it read the New York Times are the ones that buy his albums. So, wow, I th- I think he actually kind of maybe his deal is worth more than Bowie's because Springsteen seems like he has more crossover like across the aisle fucking appeal where Republicans and Democrats probably listen to Springsteen, you know. Yeah. He's got wide appeal. That's the thing. No, nobody, yeah, n- nobody is gonna. No one's gonna question, question again. His his fucking bona fides, working class, like you know, representation. Uh, everybody likes to believe themselves to be working class. Uh, they just don't want to live like it. What did you? What did you have? A few drinks this morning? <laughs> huh? I, I think you did, didn't you? I, you know, famously, what's his face? Fuckhead, Bill Michael Michael Jordan, Bill Bill Riley, Bill O'Reilly. Is it O'Reilly? Is it Bill Riley or O'Riley? I can't even remember. O'Reilly. Now. So relevant. O'Reilly, Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, Bill yeah. O'Reilly loved the Beach Boys, and the Beach Boys, the very exactly. famous fans that he hung out with Mike Love, and Mike Love loved Bill O'Reilly, which yeah, is totally bogus. Exactly. Mike Love is a douchebag. So. Mike Love is a pile of feces. <laughs> yes, he is. Uh, that's good. I'm glad you, we all agree on that. Luke, just agree with us on that one. So. I'll agree with you. Anyways, yeah, I can see that, but Bowie is universal appeal regardless. So I, I, I see how you're framing the argument, and it makes sense to me, but I just think there's certain musicians and acts that are universal. Even if they hide it in secret, they love it, and they want to come in their pants over it. Even if outside, they have to put on, like, the Rolling Stones or fucking Toby Keith or whatever bullshit they have to do yes. to... Well, meet the appeal of their wonderful masses who dedicate their <laughs> lives. To them. I, uh, I think I think to John Scott's point, the slippage there is a lot uh, simpler when it comes to Springsteen. It's easier to digest. Uh, Bowie was, you know, the true auteur. And, you know, most of his diehard fans are people that love every album or, you know, uh, like every album, it, 
as much as they can critique it too. I just don't think uh, Bowie has the mass appeal that Springsteen has ever had. Yeah. And I, I don't really think that's, I, I don't think that's up for debate. I mean, there might be people that want to debate that, but if you're talking about, I don't know, uh, dedicated kind of mass audience with, or maybe a casual mass audience, maybe Bowie has a super dedicated audience and Springsteen has a pretty casual audience. I don't know anyone that's like diehard Springsteen. I know people that like Springsteen, but the people I know that like Bowie are diehard Bowie fans. So I don't know. Springsteen uh, was just Springsteen hit hit notes back when you know the American flag belonged to everybody, and I think that's, <laughs> that's kind of like, everybody. Good God, you must have read that Thomas Friedman article I sent him. That one is long gone. Yeah, those days are long gone. Remember, no doubt about it. Remember when we were allowed to have the flag on the right? That's why Springsteen's popular with everybody. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Do you remember when he was in that commercial where he was driving to the middle of America? Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Do, do, do was... you remember that? Do you remember that analogy? That that metaphor. Who cares? It's really powerful. Uh, no, I just I just think it was a great message, and I I really um. I think I don't like to take time to like plug don't be other that podcasts guy. on on this show, but I think we should plug the uh, I think the Obama Springsteen podcast. That's something everybody <laughs> should listen to. Catch up, catch up now, so we don't spoil any episodes for you. That's a good point. Yeah, we. It's an excellent point. Thank you for reminding us. I said, coffee. Yeah, we need a reality check here. Uh, we have email <laughs> I want to get to right away. I want to knock it out now so we don't miss out on it. And it's from a new listener. Brian. Brian has sent us two emails. He's so excited about the show. So let's start with the first one. First off, thank you, Brian. You guys can send all of your inquiries to isitsafepod at gmail.com. And of all the podcasts I do, I have to say, this is surprising. We get the most consistent emails I get on any podcast I do is this show. So you just want like you, you want three dedicated listeners. That that I think really does. <laughs> uh, honestly, do it does make, it does make me happy. It it really does. Yeah, I think it's what's good for the goose, good for the gander, right? Yeah, we we do have three, oh, and we're means- you know we we're coming together here. Car ramrod, car ramrod, <laughs> get it? Yeah, I got it. We're a team, car ramrod guys. Thank Fuck you. Yeah. All right, so Brian says first off the the easier email. This is going to sound like a dumb question, but which one of you designed the Is It Safe logo? I think it is a vastly underrated part of any particular podcast. I really do. And I think the Is It Safe logo for me is the top five logo of all the myriad of podcasts I follow. Wow. So there Holy it is. Shit. God wow. damn. Fan of the logo. Well, congratulations, Lou. Brian's a very be... thoughtful guy, so that's high praise. He doesn't just throw that around. Yeah, well, I hate to say, yeah, that was me then. Um, I, I did design that. I did a handful of passes and, you know, we uh, all decided on on the one that seemed like it made the most fucking sense. The only creative like input a, I had was I'm in charge of the the crooked F. I told you to have the make. It oh yes, F. yes, that's right. Uh, that's so it. But I, but I couldn't. But I, original, I couldn't in a million years fucking design that shit. That's right. That's right. It, yeah. No, I I really couldn't either. I mean, I use Canva. I'm sorry. I just have to be honest. You know, Brian asked an important question. Uh, I'm gonna. Well, give what's wrong with that? You still. I that's how you Canva. create something. They don't make that it for true. you. That is true. Uh, but yes, 
uh, John Scott did have the did have the idea. Uh, what if that F Child, is, please? What if that F is crooked and like falling? <laughs> and I was like, yes. So we incorporated that, and boom, that is that's your logo. But thanks, Brian. Appreciate appreciate that feedback. Um, I was kind of proud of it. So yeah, yeah, great, that's awesome. That's awesome. It, it's outstanding. It's uh, something we're. Very proud of here. We have very little to be proud of at all here. We're pretty broken. Oh, stop it. We're no, we're broken homeless. Like we're people who have been homeless and broken before. We just kind of given up and we don't really have much of a spirit left. So if you can give us any type of positivity like this, it really does make our day. I'll tell you what. I'll give you a dollar each. We go into this building here and run around yelling and screaming. I find uh, you know, that's very nice, but I think what you probably need are like some psycho, out of control homeless guys. Yeah, we're more the broken, spiritless, I've lost the will to live type homeless guys. <laughs> as as those as those types in the in the past, you know, at, at some point, I think all three of us have gone through that. Uh, I think I am fueled more by negative uh, negative uh, feedback. So. Oh, definitely. Yeah, bring, doubt, bring it on. Doubt, That's what keeps doubt, me going. Fuck, dude, yeah, doubt makes my dick hard, dude. Tough love. <laughs> Tough love. I, I was almost homeless once, and if it wasn't for Brian, I really would have been homeless. So thank you, Brian. I'll never forget oh, you. 2017. Thank you. He's a saint. All right. Now here's the next email, a little bit more involved. Hello, Safe Pod. Ridley Scott is on the last leg of his journey of life. And he wants to make every single thing he's ever thought of doing before he passes on. To Luke's point, he's just throwing shit on the screen and labeling them a masterpiece in every interview he gets the slightest challenge in. Having said that, I actually liked The Last Duel, but I see a scared man behind the camera. Almost in every film Scott's done in the past 20 plus years. He wants to solidify his legacy, but he's kind of just proving Tarantino's point of the director that goes on too long. I mean, Gladiator 2 is actually a thing that might very likely happen. Gladiator 2. That's not some C, that's not some C plot in season 22 of Entourage. Hmm. That's an actual thing that's in pre-production. But Black Hawk Down is a goddamn masterpiece, so you know there's that. Anyway, love the pod, and know that I am currently listening to every new episode that comes out and working my <laughs> way back from the beginning as well. Not so much I love the podcast. Is it safe? I sincerely hope so for a long, long time, gentlemen. Well, Ryan J. Madison Esquire. Esquire. He's not a lawyer. There was no Esquire. I made the third. Brian <laughs> yeah. J. Madison Esquire, the third. There it is. Yeah, we talked about The Last Duel on uh, one of our last episodes yes. of the year there. I had watched it, and it was weird and <laughs> these guys just said they'll never watch it. <laughs> That's and right. both of you two ripped on Ridley Scott, said he had lost his way entirely and he hadn't done shit. We went over his recent 20 years. It was trash. So that's what Brian's referring to. And he really summed it up quite well. It really could be a C plot in an entourage season. Yeah, I got, I mean, I just have, so to, to his point about Tarantino, which I, which I think makes sense. Tarantino does say that it is, it's an important lesson for a lot of artists. I think not just filmmakers, but you know, Tarantino is this kind of person that's he is uh, deferential in a way that I think is really it's really it's really nice that he's this deferential to other filmmakers. But I think he's sitting there looking out at all these other filmmakers that have 
this has come to pass or they have, they just, I don't, it's not like they're phoning it in. I'm sure they're trying. Uh, they're, they're too corporatized, commodified, or, you know, in Ridley Scott's case, potentially, you know, suffering through a ton of post-traumatic stress. You know. So you better run a That's Ridley I mean, Scott. When, when, did, check when, did, when did Tony Scott uh, kill himself? That was early 2000s. Uh, no, that was like 2012. All right, so we're not even going to give him that excuse anymore. Uh, he <laughs> fucking sucks. Uh, he has basically sucked forever, except for like three or four masterpieces. It, it's weird. Yeah, you it's cover like this. He makes, in the a, last he makes a masterpiece. He makes masterpieces, and then he makes garbage. It's just masterpiece or garbage. It's not even fifty-fifty. It's just it's yeah. it's insane and you know tarantino is looking out at all these people watching them all fail and and fuck up their careers and like you know just just disappear go out with a fucking whimper and tarantino should not be looking at those people like that he's actually gotten better with age and his movies have actually improved in my opinion like once upon a time in hollywood is his best movie and i'm I, it just disappoints me to hear him like even comment on that kind of stuff i know that wasn't really the point but brian brought up uh tarantino i think i've had a love-hate relationship with tarantino for a long time but his best movie in my opinion once upon a time in hollywood and i don't know maybe that gets some uh maybe that gets an email i don't know note to self remember no matter how bad life gets there is always beer do we think he's got another movie in him uh really tarantino Oh no, Rid- no Tarantino that. definitely does. Tarantino Hilarious. definitely does, but Ridley Scott. If it's gonna be Gladiator 2, I just no thanks. That's really funny. No <laughs> No thank you. Fuck yeah. <laughs> fucking four, man. Still thriving, still pissed. A lot, but you never know, man. I mean, basically every one of our presidents is gonna be eighty four from now on. So, oh yeah, this is in perpetuity. You know. Octo United States of octogenarians. Thanks everybody. Really Eighty-four-year-old men. Jesus, Christ. eighty-four is the new. Oh my god, forty. Apparently. We're like some oh, of the man. finest cultures in the world. You know, we rely on our old, our elders, our wisdom-filled old people to lead us. Then those people know what they're talking about. That's why some of the most respectable cultures in the history of civilization have done the same thing. So we're doing the same thing they're doing. What if Ridley Scott made a movie about the Senate? I think that would be sweet. Um, hmm. Chuck Schumer. Who would play Chuck Schumer? <laughs> oh, by the way. Oh, oh, that's a good point. While we were off, uh, several deaths. Uh, you want to say anything about Harry Reid? I know he had a huge influence on nope. you personally, Luke. So I'd like to give you five minutes to kind of talk about Harry Reid and the legacy he left for you in our neoliberal culture. <laughs> I love five minutes. Good God. <laughs> oh, shit. Five I forgot. minutes. I forgot that I finally got this too. Uh, you've been requesting this for a while, and I definitely got it over the break. So, in tribute to Harry Reid and his incredible, incredible legacy left, he's dead now. But while he was alive, he was very pro socialist. Perez, 25 years old, originally drafted by the Tigers, lives in Venezuela. Boy, can you imagine you're a young kid playing in the United States? You're from Venezuela. And every time you look at the news, it's a nightmare. A butt attempt is missed. Runners were holding 
Socialism failing to work as it always does, this time in Venezuela. You talk about giving everybody something free and all of a sudden there's no food to eat. And who do you think is the richest person in Venezuela? The daughter of Hugo Chavez. Hello. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> wow. Holy that was a good shit. one. Good call, uh, Luke. That's Vin Scully, by the way, for those of you that don't recognize him. Oh, my God. Vamping on socialism for a minute. I thought that was Harry Reid. I, you know, I, <laughs> I specifically requested Harry Reid sound drops, uh, but you did not provide. So we're going to get some hot uh, Harry Reid. You did drops. request this a while ago, so this is well overdue. Yes, I did. Uh, that's amazing. <clears throat> it really was. Vin so Scully, a real patriot. He's still alive. Vince, Vince Scully. Is he still alive? Was he uh he was at uh, the January 6 riots? Right? Oh god. And he was out there? Uh-uh. Uh no, but John Madden was. Oh, oh boy. Was he? No. Ghost. John, <laughs> John Madden is dead, folks. So Harry Reid's dead, John Madden's dead. Also, Dan Reeves went to four Super Bowls, lost them all, but he was a fine coach still. I think uh, he overachieved yeah. with the nineteen ninety-eight Dirty Birds, which was a dance craze that took over the nation in 1998 with the Atlanta Falcons. Very exciting time. Rest in power, Dan Reeves. You had that classic Southern draw, the deep, deep, deep draw that I don't even know which state it's from sometimes. I mix up my draws, so I don't know where he was from, but. <laughs> mix up your draws. He was also one of the last NFL oh, coaches to ever wear a suit on the sidelines. He wore suits in the sidelines in the 90s, so. Dude, he was that just there. means well, how old was he? Like a hundred. He was seventy-seven when he died. Yeah, seventy-seven. Exactly. They, they all wore fucking suits. They just they're like, oh, I have to go to an event. More fucking suit. I'm gonna go to the grocery store, buy a cantaloupe, and put my fucking suit on. <laughs> buy a cantaloupe. Yeah. Cantaloupe. It was a different generation. They they actually had a much better sense of, uh, you know, much better sense of presentation. They were. I'd hire any one of them. I hire them all. Reminds me of Seinfeld when, when Morty when Morty uh, works for Elaine. I would hire Morty. I'll tell you how to sell. I'll tell you how to sell. Family. Yeah, boy. Uh. You know what? <laughs> you know what is this? Why? Why are we doing this? You talking game? about generations, and I just wanted to play my generation as quickly as possible, but I hit the wrong one. I hit the Limp Biscuit one. <laughs> Woo. You know hot. it's late nineties. Yeah, I'm you know glad, it's late nineties. Jarring for everybody. It didn't quite work. You hear that poppy snare of the late nineties, early two thousands, and you know that new metal is not far away. Ooh, poppy snare and two uh, thousands. What about Antonio Brown? You guys probably uh, know something about this, don't you? Oh boy. I, I don't know anything about this. Uh, well, yeah, Antonio he's... Brown's from a different generation. No, I just, well, he, wasn't he at Central? He hmm? did play at Central, yes. Yeah, yeah. Fire up chips. Fire up chips! Woo! He probably, what, uh, maybe 10 years after we left Central? Something like that? Uh, he, was, he played there in the late 2000s, so he was a rookie in 2011 or 10. Yeah, okay. 2010, he was a rookie. Sounds 2010, he up. was a rookie. So, yeah. Anyhow, we don't have to go to that topic. I just popped in my head. Yeah, I mean, that's just like clickbait city. We're not doing that. So, 
<laughs> Unless you have something you want to add to it, Scott. I mean, I know you're. Uh, no, I keep mean, up. What the fuck is there to say? I at, at the very at the most generous. He, he just has you know he's suffer, suffering from mental disease. It's like win the game, sad win on the game, one hand. Win the game. You know. But uh, I don't know. He's got to just be done with football. He needs to find something else to do, like with his life. <laughs> just, just, just chill out, dude. Just go seriously relax on a beach somewhere and like fucking air out. Well, that's he's right. Been, he's been playing for more than five, six years. He needs to retire. Everybody does. He needs to five, just five, take six a break. Years in the NFL, that's that's uh, destroying your brain to such an extent. Sit, yes. You have to. You have to forcefully retire. He needs to sit down, relax, have some, have a cocktail or two, and just reminisce, you know? I'm going to want some cocktail. Fruit. <laughs> Fruit cocktail's fine, too, but I'm thinking maybe a drink. But maybe he doesn't need a drink. I don't know. At any rate, I do know that John Madden does deserve a lot. I, I really enjoyed him as a human being. I know he brought so much <laughs> so much laughter to me because of the impressions <laughs> that were done on him as well, which, you know, John Madden did it his own way. And I respect motherfuckers who said, I'm doing whatever the fuck I want, however I want. And the Madden Cruiser, to me, is the thing that I will always love about John Madden. He said, fuck y'all. If you want me, you got to give me this tip-top, super-duper, totally customized wagon that I could drive. Not drive. He'll never drive either. That's the thing. So he could sleep in it, shit in it. Also, nobody else could shit in it. This is a rule. I found this out uh, the other day. Only three people ever shit in the Madden Cruiser because he had a no-shitting policy. I'm not kidding. These are from interviews people talked about. Uh, there was like three people. Some producer from Fox and Wayne Gretzky took a shit in there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wait, two, two, two assholes from Fox. Yeah, somebody, somebody else. Yeah, those are the only fun, people ever shit on the Madden of, Cruiser. Fun kind of intended, but two assholes from Fox and Wayne Gretzky. It Madden yep. never did. Madden never did. Oh, you know, he was the only one who could. Yeah, he's and his oh, dumps. He's because, eating Outback oh, Steakhouse oh, for twenty five years. Being, so. He was being nice. He was being nice to everyone. He was like, no one is allowed to use this because he keeps blowing that shit up so fucking bad that mm. he knows. He knows. Yep. You oh, go yeah. in there. Yeah. You go in there. Your fucking eyelids are gonna like just flip up inside out i wonder what it is about wayne gresky that he sanctioned that shit <laughs> because the, the great one the greatest one like, yeah the great the he was greatest like shit, shit i don't world. i don't yeah i don't have that on my badge uh yours says great one you're allowed to go in here and hammer this one Hey folks, John Madden here for the quick pop popcorn popper. Hey John, how's it work? It's simple, Fred. You just plug it in, open up the butter packet. <laughs> I screwed up, guys. I mean, I'm sorry, but the packet won't open. We got a better packet? Hey folks, John Madden here for the quick pop popcorn popper. Hey John, how's it work? It's simple, Fred. You just plug it in, you open up the butter packet. <laughs> you know when i do the tough act and tenacted commercial all i do is i say boom tough act and tenacted and the guy shows his feet and they keep the smile i mean they don't have to open up the butter packets they can't fucking butter packets this thing's shut or what this is fucking mm, bullshit <laughs> hey john how's it work it's simple friend you just plug it in <laughs> I can smell my arm flesh cooking. <laughs> 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 
butter. It's like I've been napalm. Put some butter on it. Wait, there, butter. I can't put some butter on it. I can't get this butter back and open. There's life. Finish this godforsaken commercial. If I find out who's responsible for booking me on this, I'm going to kick him in the ass. Hey, folks, John Manson. It's simple, friend. I didn't say it yet. Go f*** yourself. John, how's it work? Simple, Fred. You just plug it in. Okay, this goes on forever. Anyways, what, that's, uh, what, what's that guy's name again? Uh, Frank does, Caliendo. Oh, Caliendo, yeah. That's that's the best. Uh, that's the best impression he does. Absolutely, by, I completely by far, agree. By far, yeah. It's like it's so fucking spot on. I thought you were actually playing a Madden clip, and I was like, <laughs> wait a minute, this. I but just opened up the butter bracket. The real. The, the real deal uh, on the a clip like like okay so fucking Orson Welles man there is no better fucking clip than Orson Welles doing that fucking wine commercial uh, in <laughs> in Ibiza yep that is absolutely fucking hands down the greatest but you know saddest too this is this is funny because it's fucking insane <laughs> it is yeah it's a uh, Frank Caliendo is a hit or miss for me, but his Madden impression is definitely well done. So uh, mm-hmm. I always laughed at it. I just thought it was it's a hot, tough one to do, and uh, like it's easy to spoof Madden because he was a bozo in a way, but he's also you know, he was a very smart guy. Clearly knew what he was doing. He knew the game. He won a Super Bowl. People forget as a coach and shit too. I mean, he was one of the winningest coaches for a certain section of games, like a hundred games. He's one of the winningest coaches ever. So no shit. Yeah, oh. he's a fucking monolith in the NFL, oh. man. He, not to mention the video game that brought football to like everybody post nineteen eighty nine. I mean, Absolutely. that was huge. Like you Massive, had to play yeah. Madden, even if you did, even if you hated football, you played Madden. It was strange. <laughs> yep. Oh, Luke's raising yep. his hand. He understands. Well, yeah, it. that's because. Yeah, no, I knew about it. I had to. I had to play all these guys who were. Uh, downloading fucking lineups and shit and knew every every player's strength and weakness the greatest thing ever was when i beat mike one year uh i have i've only done it once like i was taking this madden one to a time. completely different one time we're talking about john madden and all of a sudden we're talking about luke beating me in a very special moment yeah yeah it was a big it was a big moment man i, I regale us no i just get fucking murdered like 60 to nothing and then i would just i would be like all right we're done right and we just quit at halftime this is college football though by the way just for the record oh wait ncaa football oh uh, you, re- yeah. you you remember it was not men <laughs> i do i do yes are you serious <laughs> i'm very serious clark yeah but I've, okay. got these, I've got these bad memories i just keep the points i keep inserting still like, good memories in my bad memories well, the point is still valid, though. I mean, you did beat me, and yes, I did. Uh, well, yeah, it it's was... not the same. It's not the same. No. Oh, no. We're going to have okay. to play. We're going to play Madden like 48,000 times uh, for me to beat you. <laughs> In the early days of sports video games, late 80s, early 90s, there was an attempt to make sports talkers on the game. So when Joe Montana's Sports Talk Football came out in like 1990-ish for Sega Genesis and the next generation of consoles it was a huge deal joe buck who was a really good mlb announcer he, i think he did football too but he was a cardinals announcer and he's famous for several cardinals calls and the 
World Series with Kirk Gibson. Wait, we all Joe know. Buck or John, John? Wasn't his name John? Jack Buck. Buck sorry, Jack, I, think I say, Jack. Yeah, can't believe said I said Joe. Joe. Fuck Motherfucker! Joe. God damn. It. Joe Buck. That's why I hate nepotism. I just don't. I don't. Mm. I'll never like Joe Buck because I don't like nepotism. It has nothing to do with whether Joe Buck is talented or not. It just ruins it for me from the start because nepotism is so tired. It's so lame. So played out. It's super tired. It's super fucking played out. <laughs> All these goddamn fucking emperors and these fuckers in fucking England. Just fuck nepotism. Yes. Also, Joe yes. Buck's kind of a boner anyway. Exactly. I mean, that's Nepotism the other point, too. Aside. I agree. Nepotism aside, you're right. But I'm just saying, without <laughs> even talking about him, the man, I'm already out because it's a nepotistic situation. No, thank you. <laughs> Fuck that shit. So even even if nepotism brought brought you, like, uh, somebody awesome, you'd, you'd fucking, you'd just be... Yeah, fuck him. Silent yeah, generation fuck, or bust. Yeah, fuck this. <laughs> Yeah, if nepotism ever actually did bring somebody that like was uh, worthwhile and worthy of the, uh, the the fucking crown that was being passed to them, there would be a fucking outcry from the other side that says nepotism is terrible, and then we wouldn't get anything cool. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah. sorry. Off off on a rant. I got sidetracked. I'm pissed. I'll tell you this. Actually, nepotism has never really brought us anything cool. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, there's some truth to that. Uh, well, I don't know. 25 I mean, years and recently was oh, my God, who's talking? The, uh, Go away. Jesus Christ. Shut up. Sorry about that. But Jack Buck was the guy who was first put on video games, and it was so lame. It was so awful, but it's so radical at the time. But looking back, it's so funny. It's like, it's a beautiful day here in Cleveland. Yep. <laughs> it's beginning to snow. I'm like, whoa, holy shit. He said it's beginning to snow in this really digitized Jack Buck version. So I know I froze for, you know. I know I froze for a second, but that was that was the one where you were just the 49ers, right? You were just Joe Montana and he's do whatever the hell you want. Yeah, Joe Montana, sports talk football. Classic. It was fun until you figure out how to beat the game, and it was lame. That wasn't a very good game, though, either. That's the problem. Uh, but, you know. Yeah. Remember uh, John Elway's quarterback? Remember that one? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Check out these 8-bit sounds. Dude. God, that is. Oh, there's a yo in there. This is the original Sports Talk Football starring yo. Joe Montana. That's like a hot snare. <laughs> Listen to that snare drum. Yeah. Can we get Seven, one yard gain on the play. Second down for San Francisco. <laughs> the rain is beginning to let up. San Francisco in the slot. <laughs> Throws, intercepted at the 45. He's leveled at the 34. Houston takes over on the 34-yard line. That is staticky. <laughs> Houston lined up on the 34. The Oilers ready to go. The Oilers ready to go. <laughs> 
He put it up. Bat it away. <laughs> that whistle, Bat man. Him. That's so good. I'm telling you, this. All right, this. This podcast has the widest, widest array. The pitch to the back. I remember the that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. The pitch to the back. It was a handoff, oh, though. It wasn't a pitch. It was a For the short yardage. Short yardage. Wow. That's a big deal. It was 1991. Big deal. The quarterback calling signal. Oh, he is. Yes. <laughs> pitch out. The pitch to the receiver. Good blocking. He's in trouble. Good Down blocking. He lo- oh, he's in trouble. Wait, he's got good blocking. Then he's in trouble. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Okay. So. I was uh, anyways uh, when I was showering the other day. I was, I was listening to the Tecmo Bowl soundtrack. Oh, really? Yeah, we talked about that, that before. That's a... Ooh, that one's that one's hot. That one's it is hot. That yeah, that one sounds crystalline compared to this shit. And put it up. <laughs> Oh man, I just always got to kick a Jack Buck. Jack Buck's digitized voice always gave me laughs. I actually played more of the. Uh, there was a game called uh, Sports Talk Baseball in 1991, so that was also Jack Buck. They he had he must have signed a contract. There must have been a real situation where he's like, "All right, I'm exclusively signing with you, and you can use my voice in this digitized manner with your MIDI controllers." And uh, that's how it happened, I guess. So, anyways, John Madden was better. What were the one? It wasn't like major league baseball. What were the Nintendo ones? It was like you had one, two, and three. It wasn't called major league, was it? Major league baseball. Well, there was bases loaded. And there was also baseball bases stars. Bases loaded. Yeah, bases, bases oh, loaded. Base I think loaded. it's what I was thinking about. Yeah. Yeah, bases yeah. loaded. Oh yeah, fuck yeah, bases loaded. I rock that shit. Look at yeah, but it's not like cover <laughs> bases loaded three. Is that Ryan? Ryan Sam? Ryan Sandberg's bases loaded three. Look at that. Wow. Andre Ryan Sandberg. Oh, good. The Rhino. Austin and the Rhino. <laughs> Listen to that fucking snare. This is insane. This is a piece of shit this game. Is this is insane. This is insane. This, that sound freaks me out. Oh, dude, I'm getting freaked out right now. I feel like it's 1 a.m. on a Saturday morning night, and I'm like 10 years old, and it's dark, and he's so, these sounds are scary. This is bizarre. Yeah, oh my God, that sound freaks me out. That's John Always quarterback, by the way, which you were mentioning earlier. It's the same, it's yeah. the same sound from, uh, it's the same sound from like baseball stars and from, all those games this is the exact same sound that like yeah, yeah. you're right it's nes 8-bit there's not much, there's not a lot of range you're right about that, so. <laughs> i'm not critiquing yeah i'm not critiquing the uh <laughs> developers for not coming up with the best sound but or they composed oh, the great. actual great adventure games the adventure games and shit they composed great soundtracks oh, for those gosh. so those were different but those yeah the sports fantastic. game's pretty limited anyways the old jack buck had this thing he was the guy that they used initially but then when madden came out and then Madden's voice was involved in the game. He wasn't really commentating in the beginning. He just had these quick sayings. Like, like he was, it was called Madden football. And then if you went off sides or something, he'd be like, you got to watch the snap. And I was like, whoa, cool. That's Madden. So it kind of sounded a lot better than what Jack Buck was doing there with this sports talk yeah. football that I was 
just yeah, sharing with you all. You, you and like 11 other people on the planet know what the fuck you're talking about. Madden football? No way, dude. Madden <laughs> is an icon. Get the fuck. We just, John just said that. He knows. You, you, do, nice you do have to be, what, at least 35 years old, right? 33, 35. I mean, if yeah. we're talking, especially if we're talking Nintendo, anything Nintendo, yeah, you got to be kind of 35. Shit, shit got real, real quick. Like, there was Genesis, then 64. Like I'm 39 and my girlfriend's 36, about 37, and she didn't fuck with 8-bit. She's like, oh yeah, it was 64. It was Super NES, maybe, and then it was 64, and then after that, shit just went nuclear. So, fucking with 8-bit, that that's sense. that's for 40-year-olds. Goddamn <laughs> right. Check out that crowd. Wow, the fidelity on that is beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear these noises? It sounds like it sounds like a nasty. Sounds like a stomach gone horribly bad. Oh shit! Twenty, forty-one. These tackle noises. Actually, kind of amazing. How in the hell did these guys? Do yeah, this? it's it sounds How like yeah, like, sounds like acid <laughs> reflux disorder with like a white noise machine or something. <laughs> Yeah! 42! 32! 41! Yeah! <laughs> There's a power man! Yeah, there it is! See, that's it! He just shows up with a pow! That's it. <laughs> Anyways, that was the, uh, that was Madden 94-ish. This is what you got right before PlayStation 1 came aboard. And like you were just mentioning, uh, N64 and all that, so. Here's the final one. I want to hear one more of these gurgles. Last gurgle. Oh, they love it. He's shitting his pants. They love it. Yeah! All right, so when I when I recommend this uh, podcast to you, friends, <laughs> friends and parents, I'm going to say, um, all right, so skip ahead about 30 minutes, and then there's about 15 minutes of of John Madden football and 8-bit <laughs> nonsense. Well, Just skip be fair, that. that was 16-bit. Let's give him credit. 16, yeah, some, oh, right. That right. one was. 16 bit. Well, yeah. golly. Well, <laughs> golly. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Madden's dead. Harry Reid's dead. Uh, somebody else died, Ooh. I think. Whatever. People die every well, day. So. Uh, Bob Dole died. We didn't talk about that, but, you know, rest. Uh, <laughs> whatever. You know what? Rest. I, I, I got this. Okay. <laughs> Goodbye. You brought it up. You brought it up. I'm going to mention this. I did watch I did bring it up. a 60. 60- I watched a 60, 60 minutes piece from like the 90s when he was senator and really in power as the minority leader of the Senate before he ran for president in 96. And, uh, you know, he uh, he had a really shitty life. Um, I'm not excusing him as a person. I, I, he was an asshole. But he was hardcore because that was kind of the life he went through. Like he got fucked up big time in the war. He had, his hand was completely, his arm was completely immobilized. He was really wounded. He also had something happen to him as a kid that fucked him up where he couldn't walk well. And he had this serious disease and he was chastised by everybody. So, you know, I mean, and I guess they got me a little bit on like this guy was a real human being and he was very emotional when he talked about stuff, which was surprising because he had like a human empathy that he actually expressed on the screen, which I'm not easy to fool. So I would see right through it. But it just shows you that even in the 90s, your supposed 
right wing leader dude was not the worst piece of shit in the world at that time either. I don't know. There was a no, he's no, one example. It doesn't mean there wasn't other cronies. There's cronies galore, but he wasn't a crony. Is my point? I guess. I guess the the, the true right wing pieces of shit uh, during that time were all Democrats. Yeah, he wasn't Lee Atwater, is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Was, or you know, yeah, wasn't uh, you know uh, Sturge Turkelson, whatever the fuck his name was. <laughs> Ooh, Sturge Turkelson. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. It's a doozy. <laughs> yeah, it's a doozy. But anyways, yeah, Bob Dole is dead. Um, I don't know. See anybody yeah, Bob- else having comments on Bob Dole? No, not really. Yeah, I mean, Bob- yeah, not really. Yeah, see, it. Uh, you had a weird party. It makes no sense uh, what you did. Uh, but that's the same thing with anybody that, you know, gives their lives up to this fucking disgusting uh, bicameral system completely ridiculous and totally exploitative and uh, completely bent on cruelty and profit. So <laughs> if you're part of it, if you're part of it, you're a complete piece of shit. That actually means hey, every single one. Hey, you're part of it. Yes. Hey. Hey, I'm Bob Joe. And pipe down your damn hood. Actually, this is the best part. Well, it's great Bob to be Joel. here at Woodstock. Hey, uh, is the real world? You As should you know, do real world. world. Reaching out to the earth of America and uh, sitting here in the audience, uh, I've had the privilege of meeting quite a few of you young people, and I, I learned something very important about the youth of America. I don't like you. A lot of you can go to hell. <laughs> well, regardless, I'm here to talk about the MTV Viewer's Choice Award. Pick up the phone and cast your vote for the best video. Remember, vote for Bob Dole in November. Bob Dole's the candidate who gives you free cigarettes. That's right, free cigarettes. There you go. There, smoke them if you got them, you damn dirty hippies. There's free cigarettes. Dole in 96. Peace out. Yes. Free sour. Smoke them yes. Free cigarettes. Well, that's that. Wait, who else died? Somebody else died too. Betty White. That was bizarre, by the way. No, that's who? not the one. But Everyone? Yeah. National Trade. Red Bear? No, National Treasure, Who? Betty White, yes. Oh, yeah, of course. But that's been covered in detail. I don't, yeah. you don't need to yeah, give it more fantastic. air here. Everybody loves her. Uh, who was the other? That uh, doesn't matter. What about Up in up in the Air, guys? Did you guys watch that? And oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yes. We yeah, we got to talk that. about this. Yeah. Mike's got let's, like a hard Let's make this our closing section. So we got to definitely, definitely touch on it, right? Yeah. Scott, you saw it in the was, theater? I- I saw it in the theater. Yeah, I was actually re-watching it uh, before the pod just to kind of get a couple get a couple of those jokes uh, at the last minute. But yeah, it's just what it's I, I liked it better in Idiocracy, but it's just like an updated Idiocracy, essentially. Right. Wow. You liked it better than Idiocracy. OK, that's strong praise. Yeah, I think I did. <laughs> it's very strong praise. <laughs> like, like he said, it was it better is. than like you know Citizen Kane. Oh man! Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Idiocracy oh, is fucking Predator, legendary. Idiocracy right is here. never, never. Predators right here and up in the air, way up here. Well, Predator is. What you say? Really. It's okay. Oh, Predator. He likes Predator less than up in the air. No, you keep saying up in the up. air, would... but it's don't look up. So. <laughs> 
up in the air. Up in the air is a oh, up in the, the air is better than Don't Look Up, by the way. That's up in the air is a great movie. Up in the air is one of my favorite movies the last twenty years, actually. Movie titles matter, man. They they need really? to stop doing stupid generic fucking titles. So wait, you're saying Adam McKay chose a shitty title? Yes, I do. I do think he chose a shitty title because uh, I can't possibly be the person that called it up in the air. I did that accidentally, which is insane. I don't even understand how that happened, but I did it, which means other people are doing that. Other people are recommending up in the air. I fucking bet you if you look at social media, up in the air is somehow trending. Guarantee you. Guarantee you it's fucking trending. It's not my fault. Actually, maybe it is no, my I'm fault. I'm asking you this because you're my oldest friend in the world. Uh-huh. And I'm your wingman. Okay. Don't what? look up. Are you sure you want to do this? This was... Adam McKay's co-producer saying, are you sure you want to do this, Adam? <laughs> Don't look up. Uh, amazing. Actually, great fucking movie. Terrible title, but a great movie, you're saying. I'm just saying that the title is very similar to Up in the Air, <laughs> which is only apparently my problem. But I think sure it's got to be other people's Don't problem. There's a movie called Up and Up in the Air and Don't Look Down and Don't Look Back. <laughs> exactly. And- yeah, yeah, there's a movie called Up. That is so stupid. Or <laughs> Up Jesus Where We Christ. Belong. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm confusing titles. <laughs> Don't look up. <laughs> up Where We Belong. Son of a bitch. Uh, up in the air. Stop it. Turn this off. Uh, Turn it off. This is terrible. Up. The movie Up itself, I never saw that one. People said it was a very emotional movie. I never saw it. It was a cartoon. So. Yeah, that's why I didn't see it. <laughs> that's why I didn't see it either. Reason to not see shit. If it's a cartoon, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> America disagrees now on the whole, by the way. I agree with you, but it's, fucking it's officially dumb. animation has taken over as a serious form. It's not. It, it never was a serious form, and I know it wasn't. Wants to come at me at that one? Get, go fuck yourself, and let's let's. What about uh, let's, Disney? Wait, wait, wait. Just, pa- just pause let's, here. Let's pause for the cum shot it. here. Here it comes. It. Here comes cum shot. Can't beat this. Yeah, that's real good. <laughs> Honestly, that I I would have been okay going out on that one, but that's not that's not. <laughs> oh even, yeah, shit! I blew it. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! We fast. didn't talk. Hold on. What the fuck? You, okay. You All right. Got so yes, yeah, let's talk about the movie. Got, back to the movie now. We gotta leave in three minutes. Uh, back to the movie. Yeah. Okay. Let's do a two minute fucking capsule review. Anybody? <laughs> yeah, we got seven minutes. I'll give us seven minutes. You, you two like it right off the bat. That's what I'm hearing. So you both like it. You love it. That's not a review. I mean, that's not a critique. That's nothing. I know, but I'm just laying the ground here. It's I, called I liked it. I thought it was a, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like next level or mind boggling. I kind of wish that there were more movies like be. that. I, I wish there was more commentary like that in film, but just done maybe a little less on the nose. I mean, I appreciated it. I understand what it was doing. I mean, oh. I don't know that it was thought provoking or challenging, but it was. It was ah, funny. Yes, I think you know that's 
That's exactly the point. It is not like it was super. Hard. Yeah, like it was. It was good for some hahas. I mean, it. it you're no, like, no, okay, it, cool. Like it's isn't it was it, a satire. Isn't it kind of yeah. fucked up that like we everyone's got a boner for that. Like there should be more of that in art, but just kind of done a little more, like just crafted a little better i mean jonah hill's always funny he's always got some you know he's always got a half dozen one-liners that he rips off that are good for a laugh <laughs> you know i mean kate blanchett looks like oddly hot and everyone loves leo Insane. and all that kind Holy of stuff fuck. you know but i just want to see that i just want to see what you know was being driven oh at. where is he i'd like to look at him and don't look at that. I want to see what was being driven at in that movie. Just kind of elevated a little bit. Like it needs to be a little bit more intelligent to me. Mm. Uh, does that make I, does that make any sense? I thought it was. I thought it was a little like. No, it it, it does. It does to me. Gave me an additional idea. I don't. I I think it's a I think it's a decent um, point of view that the entire point is that it's it's literally not none of this is supposed to be novel or interesting or mind-blowing in any way whatsoever it's supposed to be so fucking pedestrian that it's it should make you fucking sick to your stomach and i think mm -hmm. that's kind of how it goes it's like yeah uh, right off the bat there is there is nothing novel about this movie i mean there's nothing novel about it other than the fact that like what's you know centered in the in the narrative is is something that's basically it's it's the same movie that you see over and over and over again but it's the the, the content that that's important uh at that point and you know and when i see a car not, like this first thing i do is i say would you look at this it's not it's not so much somebody saying like hey look at look at the uh look at the fucking environment it's just it's basically so pedestrian that it's like we know this is happening and we're just we just don't give a fuck we don't but... give a fuck I think don't you also kind of think on the flip side of that coin that this movie is above probably fifty percent of Americans? No, it's just like no, I do. Not. You don't think I don't think you it, don't think I this do is not like think, I do not too think much this for no, it's too heavy handed. It's too heavy handed, man. It's not heavy handed at all. It is. It's yes, it basically is. just simple. Heavy handed would be heavy handed would be like uh, no. You were you were saying something to somebody that didn't understand what you were talking about. I think what makes this movie work is that everybody in the world fucking understands this is a problem. It's just whether or not their kind of ideological bent usually like sways them to think in one way or the other. So they might they might look for they might look for uh, solace in in talking to other people that you know live in their suburb or in their cul-de-sac or whatever, and they don't want to talk about shit like this but if it's if it's a movie being watched in your fucking living room and you're isolated it this is not heavy-handed at all it's a hey boy you come i say you cover satire. about as much as a flapper skirt and a high wind i'd call it a satire i mean it is a satire but it's a satire in the same way that like dr strange love is a satire but you yeah, know, satire that, is still just blood, bloodthirsty fucking psychos uh doing nothing but running this goddamn planet into the ground and then we finally hit a crisis where it's actually imminent it's imminent in the next 15 20 years if something doesn't actually happen uh happen on a, a 
fucking very materialist way, we are going to, this planet is done in 500 years. Thank you, Jesus. I think it's heavy handed, particular in the scenes where they go on the news shows. That's where I have a big problem with this. They're on a goddamn news show and they have these massive meltdowns. And the first one that happens with Jennifer Lawrence's character, she gets memed to, she gets bombed to death with memes and totally made into this caricature. And that is spot on. That's good stuff. She loses her shit. She's terrified. But then Leo does it again several months later. And supposedly everyone listens to him because he's a sexy, dreamy dude who's a college professor. And he loses his shit. And people are still like, whoa, dude, take a chill pill. It's just, it goes, it's too heavy in that way. I know the point they're making. It's very clear to me. Maybe, maybe Scott, you're right. Maybe to me, I'm so immersed in this and what's going on. And I understand the game is rigged and how we live. It bothers me less. I don't know. I'm concerned that... I'm concerned that an uncomfortable amount of people over the age of 60 would not fucking understand any of the jokes in this movie. Like, I don't think that, I, they're going to, they're going to be dead. in I think my parents, I think my, yeah. uh, from think, COVID probably. So <laughs> from like COVID 46, they're the, or uh, COVID 30, COVID 30, COVID, COVID 25, COVID 26, COVID 27, you know, it's it indicates the year that they identify a new COVID trend. So yeah. uh, but, these but, these people are going to be gone. So don't worry about that. You're putting yourself... I, th- I feel like you're... My viewpoint here is that you're... For Luke... How the movie expresses a point of view, and it's very well done in that respect. It's Adam McKay does it with a very distinct style, throwing imagery in here constantly and letting us know we're going about our days totally clueless. and that, Not clueless at other times, but we still say, fuck it, who cares, because nothing bad will ever happen to me. And he does that as well as any director. I love Adam McKay's work. Uh, you know, I, I really think, though, that the height of it so far is the big short, and it's going to be tough to top that one because the last two, I liked Vice. It was it was solid, and I liked this one less, though. As an entertainment piece for me, I, I, I just didn't find... I love thought-provoking stuff. I want to be challenged. I'm down for that. And in this movie, I, it was just so exhausting. Maybe it's because I'm not immersed in this culture of the two right and left sides and I'm just not involved in it at all. Maybe I found it tiresome. Maybe that's what it is. I can, maybe I'm just kind of realizing that now mm. I was really mm. tired by this film mm. and watching it. Cause I just didn't want to, it's a long movie too. And I didn't want to sit through this because I don't care to. The, the, the thing that the, I, okay. What I was trying to get at actually one of the points I was trying to get at is that ultimately, you know, this is not something that is uh, chastising, the average the average person for not understanding it's definitely not talking to uh your one six people it's not it's not going after that it's basically showing you that you know no matter what the fuck happens uh we're all in this together because uh we're all equally fucking ignorant to the uh, machinations of the uh power elite and all they're gonna do is what they've always done which is you know deny deny there's an issue uh you know, uh, obfuscate, obfuscate on the details, and we're all going to swirl around and fucking punch each other. They're going to turn us against each other constantly. I wish that's the one thing I wish McKay would do much better. Is I wish he would address the, I wish he would address the class issues better because I think he's good at it. I think yeah. the next movie he does should be something about like you know the Amazon fucking unionization effort or something. You know, he should do something like that. 
because this is an easy one in my opinion, except it's never, it hasn't been told this way. So it might, he, he killed it. Uh, it's fucking awesome, but it's obviously not perfect. Yeah. I like that it exists, but you know, I really, to your point, Luke, I like the, the character that owned the corporation Asher or whatever the hell it was called. <laughs> I just think, I, I just, I think there's more there in kind of digging into like plutocracy and shit like that. And kind of like, give me a little bit more on that angle. That seemed a little bit, you know, like, I don't think we like rolled up our sleeves enough on this. Movie. Uh, it's, it's, it was entertaining, but it was a mess. Yeah. I think it was a mess. I really, no, but it's, it's capitalist realism. It, it is. It's the, it's the idea that like, it, there's literally everybody that is everybody that's like fighting a good fight gets subsumed into the system. And so it makes it impossible to get anything fucking done. Mm-hmm. Nothing can get done because every good intending actor gets sucked in and fucking shit the fuck out because they are they're now a commodity you know uh dicaprio's character mindy gets pulled in doesn't see uh he's automatically produced into the system because he's an attractive scientist right that is something that is something that is so goddamn so simple and so uh so ridiculous that it it could actually do the same thing in real life. You know, if there was a, a hot doctor that did that, you could easily see that happening. You could easily see it happening that he would all of a sudden be popping up on MSNBC saying, Oh, no, no it's just not really a big deal. The um, astronomer really I'd like to about, fuck. Yeah, the astronomer <laughs> I'd like to fuck. Yeah. It's true. It's true. It's it's so fucking ridiculous because it's it's actually probably more honest than any it's weird as a satire because as a satire that's that's what mckay does really well is he he merges satire and realism in a way that is super fucking uncomfortable because you want to push back against it and think that okay this is absolutely absurd super ridiculous but it's so exactly right on and if you read the uh if you read the commentary from scientists and people that are in this world they say i've gone through this i've literally i've literally been in the office i've been in the oval office i've talked to politicians and this is exactly how it goes it's just that there hasn't been a sexy scientist that's been able to uh yeah Wait, hold on. Play Phil Oaks. Don't do this. This is sad. Very sad. Play play Love Me, I'm a Liberal by Phil Oaks. Phil Oaks. Everybody. O-C-H-S. Oh, God. Do it. Do it. Do it. Well, anyways, it's I'm going to watch the movie again. And uh, I'll, 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 I'm going to give it another. I viewed it once. I'm going to watch it again just to make sure I get it right before I me form too. a final mm-hmm. opinion, which we can bring to you next week. It'll be a lot of fun. And... In the meantime, we do appreciate you guys throwing the emails our way. You guys are good Americans or good not-Americans for those of you that enjoy the show outside of America. In fact, we think the show would really appeal to a lot of people outside of the United States who really aren't big fans. Yeah, of who aren't fans of the United States. Plutocracies. That's, that's and awesome. Yeah. <laughs> all that shit. So, well, there um, are plenty of plutocracies outside of the United States. No, never. Uh, 
I will say this. We do welcome more emails. So please, first, sit down or stand up. I guess you could be standing and walk around with your phone and send us an email. Is it safebot at gmail.com? Type it up, send it in, and tell us why you love being a liberal. That would be wonderful. And if you're not a liberal, that's even better. If you're an independent, that's even better. Keep it coming. We have no, no uh, ill will towards anybody. Is there anybody we don't like? We love people. Okay. Well, that's well said, Luke. All right. Thanks, everybody. It's a safe pod. Year number two-ish in full swing. Thanks, you. And we'll see you guys next week then. Scott and Luke, I'm Jesus Christ. We'll see you. Ten degrees to the right of center if it affects them personally. So here then is a lesson in safe logic. I cried when they shot Medgar Evers. Tears ran down my spine. And I cried when they shot Mr. Kennedy. As though I'd lost a father of mine. But Malcolm X got what was coming. He got what he asked for this time. So love me, love me, love me, I'm a liberal. Get it? <laughs> I go to civil rights rally, and I put down the old D.A.R. D.A.R., that's the dykes of the American Revolution. <laughs> I love Harry and Sidney and Sammy. I hope every colored boy becomes a star But don't talk about revolution That's going a little bit too far So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal I cheered when Humphrey was chosen My faith in the system restored And I'm glad that the commies were thrown out from the AFL-CIO bar And I love Puerto Ricans and Negroes As long as they don't move next door So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal All the people of old Mississippi Should all hang their heads in shame Now I can't understand how their minds work What's the matter, don't they watch less pray? But if you ask me to bust my children, I hope the cops take down your name. So love me, love me, love me, I'm a liberal. Yes, I read New Republic and Nation. I've learned to take every view. You know, I've memorized Lerner and Golden. I feel like I'm almost a Jew But when it comes to times like Korea There's no one more red, white, and blue So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal I vote for the Democratic Party They want the UN to be strong I attend all the Pete Seeger concerts he sure gets me singing those songs And I'll send all the money you ask for 
But don't ask me to come on along So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal Sure, once I was young and impulsive I wore every conceivable pin Even went to socialist meetings Learned all the old union hymns Ah, but I've grown older and wiser And that's why I'm turning you in So love me, love me, love me I'm a liberal 